Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Through them, take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you, our Lord and our Redeemer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord's Prayer. The greatest prayer of all and known to most of all mankind. The disciples watching Jesus pray requested that he teach them how to pray. Not only does he teach them the words to the Lord's Prayer, but it goes on to share how the prayer can be brought into daily meaning. For me, the focus of the gospel reading is the emphasis that Jesus places on what happens when we pray to God. Ask, and it shall happen. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will open. This is all about God taking care of his children, which is all of us, just as we take care of our family, especially our children. Prayer doesn't have to be formal or long. God doesn't have a cell phone for you to text or call him. God doesn't have a computer for you to email him. God doesn't need any of that because he gave us prayer. And Jesus taught us how to pray. Prayer can be as simple as, thank you, Lord. Sometimes when I'm running behind, I say a prayer as I leave the house. Dear Lord, give me wings like an eagle. Then when I get the green lights, I say, thank you, Lord. Now, God doesn't change the stoplights for me, I know. But that is part of my way of praying throughout the day. Keeping God first in my mind. Now, I could just stop at this point and give you a homework assignment to study and reflect on this short summary, and we could shorten the service by about seven or eight minutes. But I won't have performed a portion of my ordination vows by sharing the gospel. I told you a long time ago, Scripture is like an onion, and the more you peel back the layers, the more you find in the flavor. So let's peel and see the story behind the story. Jesus has often gone off by himself to pray. The disciples knew this. Jesus was the example. He was always ready and willing to teach on prayer, but it was only when his disciples were eager to learn did he say the words to them, Father, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us to the time of trial. These words are a little different than we say today, but it is the same Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6, the same story is written as it's written in the Gospel from Luke. But Luke, more than any other evangelist, demonstrates 
the importance of prayer in Jesus' life and ministry throughout his entire gospel. Persistence in prayer can bear much good fruit. It tests our faith. We ask ourselves if we really believe God hears us and cares about us. Even though this can be disturbing, it forces us to ask the right questions. So let's look at the disciples' request. First, the subject of prayer is raised by one of the disciples rather than Jesus because Jesus wanted the disciples to conclude on their own how important prayer was. Motivation cannot be higher for learning than when a student asks the teacher to teach. Second, Jesus knew the power of a good example was greater than that of an oration. How easy it is to ask one who has demonstrated his expertise to share it with others. And third, the disciple asked Jesus to teach them to pray because he knew that this was an area of ignorance and inexperience. The petition of this one disciple was an open admission that prayer was not only needed, but was a deficiency in his life and in the life of his followers. Once again, the disciples revealed a childlike quality in which our Lord was delighted. The ability to learn begins with the ability to admit one's ignorance and to express one's desire to learn. At the beginning, I said the words, Ask, and it shall happen. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will open. This is the hardest part of this passage. So often we have asked and not received. We have searched and not found. In spite of our most fervent prayers for the health and safety of loved ones, they are lost to cancer, senseless acts of violence or accidents. In spite of fervent prayers, we daily hear of tragedies of violence, hunger, disease, and natural disasters throughout the entire world. I read a short evening prayer the other night, and these words stuck with me. This world is not our destination, it is our journey. This world is not our destination, it is our journey. Our destination as Christians is heaven and the everlasting life with our Father and His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. If God is like a loving parent who desires to give what is good and life-giving, why do so many prayers seem, seem to go unanswered? And there's no simple answer. One answer that is given is that it only seems that God has not answered our prayers. God always answers, but sometimes says no. God always says, or just as we as parents often have to say no. 
There are times, perhaps, when that is the case. But we do not always ask wisely. And God, being a truly loving God, must refuse our request. Many times, God's unanswered prayers show that in the long run, what we prayed for was what was not really best for our lives. Another explanation often given to the problem of unanswered prayers is that everything happens for a reason. That's a really troubling explanation. As it holds that whatever happens must be God's will. We believe that God can bring good out of evil. Indeed, this is not only the hope and the heart of our faith in Jesus' death and resurrection, but it is quite different from saying that whatever evil thing happens is God's will. Again, there is no good answer to these questions. We will know when we get to heaven. But we've been given the ability more than any other living creature on earth to choose the pathway of our life, to follow Jesus just as the disciples did during and after his death. I was originally going to break down the Lord's Prayer and go line by line or word by word or phrase by phrase, but I decided upon the message that I shared Father Everett then, about last Thursday, because I did this two weeks ago, sent me a, a handout, and it's from Will Willeman of the Abdegon Press publication, Pulpit Resource. And he, bra he breaks down the Lord's Prayer word by word and sentence by sentence. And I've left a few copies of that outside on the, on the little table there if you want to take one and read it. But I want to share just a few sentences from his message. It begins, Taking time to pray like this, we thereby give the Lord time to wrench our lives out of the grip of the present moment. Christ outflanks the sovereignty that we might be tempted to bestow upon this virus. Talking about the coronavirus. Given the long view time taken out of the hands of the pandemic, and our current struggles set in the context of God's ultimate purposes for God's beloved creation. We are free. We can breathe. We pray with conviction that God refuses to give up on us or on the world that God tenaciously loves. It goes on a little farther and says, The Lord's Prayer moves us from our quiet, understandable preoccupation with our cares and concerns in the present moment to a surprising acclamation of the rule of Christ. That changes how we live in the present moment. We can lift up our heads, having been given that which we not, know not how to ask. Faith is the reality of what we hope for, the proof of what we do not see. With prayer, with the expectation that in praying this prayer, we may become as we pray. We become as we pray. It takes Jesus just a few minutes to teach us his prayer, but for most of us, it takes a lifetime to pray the Lord's Prayer by heart.
end quote. We stray often, and when we do, we ask God's guidance in our daily prayers to return to the pathway that God has laid for us. Each day brings us many choices, and daily prayer, continuous prayer, not only brings us closer to God, but to the life that has been chosen for each of us. Amen. Amen.